Yeah, well, let's talk about that. I mean, this seems like everyone in this room is, you know, you've heard of this chat GPT, and I know this is stuff that interests you, and you're probably the sort of guy who's been on top of this stuff for years, and it just kind of bubbles up for a lot of people like us. It seems like I haven't seen a technology that's kind of captivated the public, you know, in, in a while. Yeah. Talk to us a little about these large language models. I mean, you just talked a little bit about how transformative AI is going to be in all these different industries. What about it from an investment standpoint? Because you and I were just chatting about this. You know, I saw a headline, a company, I've never heard of them. Two guys leave Google, chapter, or, you know, chapter.ai, and they're looking to raise $250 million at a billion dollar valuation, you know, maybe. What have we learned here? Because that seems like a big round for something that is probably a handful of engineers kind of banging away at a, at a chat bot right now. Um, you know, when I was at Facebook, my team and I were probably the first folks that really commercialized machine learning in the wild. You know, when our first versions of Newsfeed and some other technologies that you guys probably interact with every day um, essentially was about using machines to guess and to guess better and better over time. So that's basically what this is just on steroids. And you know, what ChatGPT shows you is just the amazing value in allowing computers to assist you in doing work. It's like a you know, calculator replacing the abacus, replacing a pen and paper. Um, what's important, though, is this Buffett quote. Um, a friend of mine told me this yesterday, which I loved. He told this story about refrigeration, and the story he tells is that the people and the person that invented refrigeration made some money. But most of the money was made by Coca-Cola, who used refrigeration to build an empire. And I view these large language models as refrigeration. Will there be some money made in it? I think so. But the Coca-Cola has yet to be built. And those are the companies that are really going to monetize it. And in order to monetize it well, Here's a basic thing about machine learning that's worth knowing, which is if you take 1,000 of the same inputs and give it to Facebook and Microsoft and Google and Amazon, they'll all come up with the same machine learning model. But if you have one extra thing, one little ingredient that all of those other companies don't have, your output can be markedly different. Mm -hmm. It's like giving two great chefs three ingredients, but you give the third chef one extra one. That person has the ability to do something very special. So right now, we are in the world where everybody is crawling the open web. We're going to move to a world where, as everybody gets sophisticated enough, where when refrigeration is widely available, somebody's going to say, you know what? This site, I'm not going to allow anybody else to access. It's only me, only for my models. And those models will become better. And so we have to let that play out a little bit. And so it's going to be a little bit of a really interesting arms race. So the, the next wave of M&A for example, could be companies like Google and Microsoft and Facebook looking at these companies saying, can they be viable inputs to my large language models or to my other machine learning and AI models? So you could see M&A activity that drives that differentiation before anything else. So lots of really, so then as a result, for guys like us, early stage investors, we may want to invest in companies that have zero viable public market potential whatsoever, but is building a data repository that's so unique that we know that it will feed one of these bigger companies and their efforts in AI. And that could very well justify making an investment that we would otherwise not make today, knowing what we know. And, and on that front, I mean, so regulatory really quickly, because we only have a couple minutes here. I mean, you know, it, you know 10 years ago, uh, Facebook would just buy the next thing, right? They'd pay a billion dollars. You know, the fact that Microsoft paid a billion dollar investment in open AI, you know, 
in a different regulatory environment, they might have just bought it. They couldn't buy OpenAI. But you, you know, does this also excite you about early stage tech investing in this environment? Does the regulatory environment actually help your cause to let some of these companies bubble up a bit further than they might if they were just kind of taken over by the incumbents? Yeah, I mean, I think the incumbents are going to have to veer into adjacent M&A that it's non-obvious, mm -hmm. that will pass regulatory muster. And then separately, it'll allow people who build the Coca-Colas of the world, who use refrigeration properly, um, to actually emerge with a lot less threat, where the cross-bundling and the cross-selling and upselling that the big tech companies use to basically eliminate a lot of competition um, will be very difficult. I mean, classic example, look at the emergence of Reels and what Reels has done, and, and maybe it's not as obvious to everybody here, to the enterprise value of TikTok. I mean, I think we've all thought that ByteDance was going to be a two or three hundred billion dollar company. There's all this, you know, value tied up in it. All these folks have these big stakes in it. But if you look at the growth of Reels, it's probably had the enterprise value of TikTok before the regulatory stuff has happened. So that kind of stuff, I think, um, allows when all the big folks are fighting amongst each other, yeah. it allows the little folks to kind of, you know, hit the seam and actually build something.